It's somehow okay to be surprised that Brian Flores was hired here and simultaneously not at all surprised. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. Flores is the coach of the linebackers and a defensive assistant. That's an important distinction to make here. After a bit of news that made quite the rounds in the football world and what had otherwise been a fairly quiet weekend in that regard, and all kinds of discussion and debate followed nationally, too. It's a big story. Flores, of course, is the man suing the NFL for racial discrimination. That's kind of a big deal. That's generally something that'll make you a pariah in the world of Roger Goodell and the 32 ownership groups that employ him. Well, check that. Make it 31. Because if there was going to be one team that was going to be able to pull this off without making anything remotely resembling waves with the league office or with the other 31 ownership groups, it was always, always, always going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, the franchise of the late Dan Rooney, the architect of the Rooney rule. And if you ask me, that's pretty cool. Within a most unfortunate circumstance, meaning whatever it is, and it's all going to come out now, that led to Flores getting fired after two successful seasons in Miami. The two most successful seasons anyone's had with the Dolphins, by the way, in a really long time. Having him land on his feet here in Pittsburgh, of all places, works out just about right. If you're listening to a show called Daily Shot of Steelers, you don't need me to tell you that Mike Tomlin is the only black head coach in the league. You don't need me to tell you that Art Rooney was one of only a handful of owners who had anything at all to say when Flores made his decision to sue the NFL, expressed his own disappointment in how the Rooney rule hasn't resulted in all the change that he wanted to see, that his family wanted to see, that the Steelers overall had hoped to see. And even when you gauge some of the reaction from around the league, from players either currently or formerly with the Steelers applauding them for it. I did a hit yesterday with uh, the national ESPN radio, and the hosts of this program were glowing about the Steelers before I even got a word in. All of this makes sense. All of it, I'm sure, can be cast in some sort of conspiratorial tone that the league didn't want to have another Colin Kaepernick-type situation. They wanted somebody somewhere to give him a chance so it doesn't look like he was being blackballed from the league and they were happy secretly, privately, that the Steelers did this. I don't buy any of that. You want to know what I buy? I buy 
a boring hybrid explanation for how this came to be. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Ready for my boring hybrid explanation, which doesn't involve anything, you know, underhanded or under the table, involving fly-on-the-wall details? Here's what I've got. Here's what I've got. My belief, since Art Rooney put out that statement, which would have been, knowing the way that hierarchy works, purely of his own volition. It'd be something he would take to Burt Loughton, media relations, say, how do we go about doing this? They work together. They issue something. I have no doubt he would have conferred with Tomlin on the matter. And there it went. Next step is that everyone would have gotten together. This is how the Steelers do their decision-making. This is one of the things that Art Rooney was referencing when he said of a new GM when that person comes in that there's a Steelers way of doing things. He doesn't necessarily mean uh, how they conduct themselves or how they approach things in football, although that's all part of it. He's also talking about the management way of doing things. There's a lot of talk, and then they try to get to a point where they're on the same page where they trust each other, uh, give in to each other's uh, judgments whenever there's a disagreement of some kind, and then commit to the team's commitment when that time comes. Just get behind it, even if you weren't before. And I could very easily envision these gentlemen convening and saying, okay, what do we have here? Well, we just promoted Terrell Austin to defensive coordinator. He is the defensive coordinator of the Steelers. Nobody's about to pull the rug out from under him. That'd be really awkward. What are we missing? Well, Keith Butler also coached the linebackers. We don't have anyone for that. Well, this individual happens to be grossly overqualified to coach linebackers in the NFL. There's a reason that he was a head coach, not just that, but a successful one. He is one hell of a defensive mind. Well, let's not insult him with the title then. He's going to coach the linebackers, but we're also going to name him a defensive assistant. What does that mean? Really, not much. I'm going to keep coming back to this. The way the Steelers work is they sit in a room and they bang it out. And as became a big deal over the last couple of months, it was the head coach calling the defensive signals in the games. It wasn't Butler, and according to Butler himself, there was a span there where it wasn't even Dick LeBeau in his later years. How's that going to shake out? Well, it's another really powerful, influential, and experienced voice in that room and studying that opponent and breaking down that film and participating in some form or other 
in whatever calls and adjustments have to be made after kickoff on Sundays. The position that Flores has, the title, won't matter. It just won't. People like me, and I'm sure you, are going to be asking that throughout the season. I have to do that. It's my job. I'm going to try to find out everything I can about the process. But I can also tell you way in advance that that's how the answer will sound. It'll be how we're all doing things together. And, of course, Tomlin will have to throw in one of his obligatory, I'm not going to peel the curtain back for you guys. That's one of his favorite lines. Now, add on top of that, sprinkle on top of everything that I just said, the fact that the Steelers are inoculated against being criticized for making this move. Not by their fellow owners, not by the commissioner, not even by the public at large. They just aren't. They can't be touched on this because they've put themselves in the light a long time ago. And I'm talking about back in Bill Nunn's days of recruiting from black colleges, getting great players like John Stallworth to Pittsburgh. They're the one franchise that can hold its chin up and say that we've done the right thing for a very long period of time as it relates to being fair to the black athlete, to the black coach. And along the way, if they get some great defensive ideas out of Flores, hopefully on his way back up to being a head coach somewhere, hey, that's awesome too. When we come back, just one question. For just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Welcome back. Time for J1Q. And today's comes from Dylan Goodson, who asks, do you think Kendrick Green could develop into a starting center and that the Steelers don't need a different center? He was drafted to be a starter, but it seemed obvious that he would be a project pick that would need a year or two of development. Oh, did it seem obvious now, Dylan? To whom exactly? <laughs> wow. Uh, I wish it had seemed more obvious to more of the people making the decision that he was going to be anointed the starting center before he took his first snap of rookie camp. Wearing number 53. No, my answer is no. I have no reason whatsoever to think that Green could develop into a starting center. And I don't even say that out of malice or cynicism. I say that out of, I haven't seen it. I have not laid my eyes on this concept that you're putting forth. Have you? Have you seen it? Have you seen Kendrick Green 
look like a starting NFL center at any stage of his first season. How about this? Let's take it a step further. Have you seen even one game from him that would have you believing that? No. No. Not to put words in your mouth, but no. Okay? No. Now, I've heard all kinds of reasoning and rationalizing for why that might be. The obvious one being that he wasn't a center except for four games in college. I also heard about how he didn't know how to properly use his hands, utilize that to his benefit. But tell me how that would explain a lack of strength. How would that explain him getting flattened? How would that explain him blocking air? Something that you could circle on his film four or five times a game where he would just come up from his stance and have his elbows up and have no one anywhere near him. This is stuff that is not easy to correct. It's just not. You yourself say in your question there that it was going to take a year or two of development. Ideally, that's the way it goes. But it didn't. It didn't come close to that. And now I know there's, you know, the Instagram picture that went out of Kendrick training with Marquise Pouncey, and everyone thinks that's some kind of magic wand. Marquise has never coached in his life. He was very much a teacher and the loudest voice in the offensive lineman's room while he was here. But there's a difference between that and knowing how to relate skills, how to pass them on how to get the pupil to pay attention. It's not the same as, you know, just like connecting two devices and having the information uh, transfer from one to the next. Also, for that matter, it's possible, and I put this in big parentheses, that that picture wasn't what it appeared. They might just be working out once. Who knows? We assumed an awful lot, a lot of us did, upon seeing it. I did it myself. My sincere hope for Green is that he comes into camp in a position where he can battle for backup duty, safe backup duty in which he can continue to learn at both the center and the guard positions. That in and of itself will make him more valuable to the 2022 Steelers while also buying vital time for him to learn the center position, and for that matter, whatever's to learn about the guard position in it graduating from college to the NFL. But to enter the season hoping and anointing all over again, wow, no, go find a center, go get one. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.